Hello and welcome to the first episode of Millennial Symphonies, a podcast that amplifies the unheard voices of the millennial diaspora through dialogue, discussion and sets of lecture series on an array of issues that are hardly discussed. I am your host, Meryl Alizada, and thank you for joining me on the first episode. I would like to take you back to the beginning of this year, just before the clock struck 12 on the 31st of December 2019, we held our breaths and wished for a year that would be kinder to us than 2019. But none of us could have anticipated the incredibly eventful year that 2020 has come to be. Many of us may reflect back to last year and compare it to this one. And for most of us, it seems to be a different world entire. The world has turned right on its head and therefore there has never been a more fitting time to begin a podcast that seeks to educate, enlighten and bring together the millennial members of the diaspora in tackling the most critical issues of our generation. And what a generation we are. We have seen global warming take physical form. We are in the middle of experiencing a global pandemic. The beginning of the year marked a World War III scare and we are surging towards a global financial crisis that many governments and economists have not seen in recent history. We are going through times of unprecedented change and seeing the revival of activism and political change like never before with the current Black Lives Matter movement and we've barely touched 30. For many of us, the events that have unfolded are ones that we have never encountered before, ones that few of us were truly ready for, if at all. And where there is change, uncertainty and injustice, the first thing that it attacks is the human mind and its stability. Our digital disposition has made loneliness and social isolation rife, but the lockdown period was and continues to be a different experience entire. In our otherwise busy, fast-paced lives, and incredibly quick-passing days, we never had the chance to look to our lives and examine it. But today, we are left alone with ourselves and the digital world. And that has proven to be the most unforgiving duo. For the first time, we are really looking into the mirror. And for many of us, we have come to know ourselves and our families in ways that we haven't been able to do so before. But for the children of the diaspora, we experience this with even greater gravity. Struggles that we perhaps have not come to define to ourselves yet. Our plates are certainly full and will continue to overflow. And yet we have demonstrated courage and competency in ways that we haven't even stopped to recognize and celebrate. But our struggles are unique and ones that textbook psychology, physiology, 
and even literature cannot quite define, let alone provide solutions. And it makes it that much harder to understand. We are the subject of great discussion and the world claims to know us, but I don't think it does. Even we are given so many choices of who to be each day, how to live, who to cancel, who to support and then cancel again, that it seems as if we don't understand who or what we are either. I came to understand just how in need our generation is for community, collective guidance and healing very recently. Our births and placement into this world at this particular time is deliberate. What is going on right now is deliberate. It is a call more than ever to not only demonstrate and protest and show solidarity on social media and on the streets, but a call to do something even harder, the inner work. Particularly now is a beautiful opportunity to distinguish between social media activism and real life activism. We celebrate brands that use diversity and promote body confidence But for many of us, especially girls, we subconsciously consider fairness and slim waists and wide eyes to be more beautiful. We have Bollywood stars writing Black Lives Matter all over their Instagram accounts, but endorse fairness creams and insist on light technology to be used in every picture and in every film. We are quick to point out the racism of others, but we freely practice it in the safety and security of our own homes. We have all shown so much outrage to the atrocities in America, and so rightfully and gladly so. But how comfortable would we be in speaking up for our black colleague who experiences continuous daily differential treatment based on the color of their skin. How comfortable are we to give up our comforts for the sake of doing right? The reality is, is that we are all complicit. There were many people on the pavement watching as George Floyd suffocated to death. Yesterday, 14 Afghans were burnt to death by Iranian guards while spectators, many of them young and belonging to our generation, filmed and laughed. The same Iran, whose government recently showed solidarity to the Black Lives Matter movement, humiliate and systematically murder their fellow Afghan neighbors the very next day. The truth is, is that we are all complicit until we do the inner work. And that is what Millennial Symphonies is all about. I hope that you join me on this journey where we work towards this together to discover and rediscover the issues that keep us from fully flourishing and breaking generations of psychological and historical shackles. Before I can tell you some of the topics that you can expect from Millennial Symphonies I'd like to tell you my story. 
one that I'm sure is shared by so many of us and the driving force behind this podcast. As a child, I felt suffocated by my existence. I didn't feel at home when I went back to visit the countries of my heritage and neither did I feel at home in the small coastal town that I grew up in. My parents didn't seem to understand for they were from a different world entire and so I was determined to understand myself without the noise of the demands and pressures of two opposing existences. So I decided to move out for university and study law for four years. My conviction was that if I was surrounded by those who were like myself from ethnic backgrounds and born or brought up in England, I would finally feel at home. But the reality was rather different. When I moved to London, I had for the first time more ethnic friends than white friends. And I was so excited for that privilege. I was so interested and so expecting to see the fairy tales and bonds that awaited me, but how naive I was. However, something even more valuable met me, the stark reality of our generation, the real mental and psychological state of the children of the diaspora. And so the shimmering mirage of the beauty of diversity soon began to dim. We had come to England, but we were battling with the cancers of oppression, prejudice and cultural ills we had sworn we would leave behind. What felt to be an expectation, an obvious one, from my own people to stand in solidarity and in support of me, withered. In a city as big and open as London, it was so easy to feel alone. Despite the city's placement and recognition as a place of progress, very little had progressed by way of our hearts. We dressed and lived differently to our parents, but our woes and struggles were very much the same. We went to university, but our emotional states didn't quite make the best out of it. We were struggling and we didn't realize just how much the pains I carried from my upbringing, my self-limitations, my pain, my trauma, much of what I felt was dictated in my behavior. I saw the exact same in the students I met in Kingston and London in general. I went through a deeply shaking journey of unlearning, of discovering, and it was with the skin of my teeth that I somehow survived. It took a PTSD diagnosis, the constant encountering of abusive, toxic people from my own countries, making and losing countless friends, and finally a lockdown to help me get back on track. And as much as the healing process is a struggle, every day, I believe that we heal tenfold by holding others and inviting others to come this way. It wasn't all too bad, for in the second year of me living in London, I encountered a very special person, a person that I hold very, very close to my heart 
a sister, who in the joining of our forces, we were able to move mountains together. And in the brief time that we spent together, I realized the miracle and beauty of a diaspora community that was united, the milestones that we could cross if we do it together. So I hope that we can take each other's hands and walk this journey of self-healing together across trauma, across relationships, across silent mental crises, across diversity and narcissistic abuse, across healing and diaspora self-care, across understanding millennial sexuality, examining our childhood and our collective ancestral history. For reasons that I know you understand, many of these things we don't discuss. To escape the inner pains of our heart, we have surged into an existence of overproductiveness, of overfilling of diaries and schedules, of launching into enterprises, of working very, very hard and queuing at long distances at Canary Wharf, but we still require healing. And so this space is for all of those infidels, those larger than life women and those rare men, for the black sheep and half-bloods, for those who are neither from here nor there, but belonging belongs to them. For those who grew up with systems that could not bend nor meet them to the intricacy of their beings, to all those whose decision to look to within and begin the painful yet necessary process of cleansing can change their pasts, their presents and their future. And we surely deserve this. This is for you and this is for us and all the horizons we are yet to reach and conquer together. So join me next week on Wednesday at 6pm where we discuss the origins of self-hate in ode of the Black Lives Matter movement. We will look into the origins of the psychological, physical and financial enslavement of Africa, Asia and the Arab lands and how this has led, led to the lifelong discrimination of BAME people both in their own countries and in the diaspora. Do expect some wonderful millennials from all walks of life, from all backgrounds and experiences, but very much in symphony with the struggles that you and I face, put forward their wisdom and begin the collective dialogue. Until then, stay safe, stay hopeful and stay unapologetically kind. And I hope to see you next week on Wednesday at 6pm. This is Millennial Symphonies and thank you so much for listening.